Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. We want to talk about relationships today, okay? So whether you're married or dating or engaged or not even thinking about that, you know, we want to, that's right, you know, maybe you're a teenager and and, uh, boys still have cooties and girls still have cooties and uh, right, Nate? So uh, the cootie shot, just kidding. And so we're going we're gonna to share about that. We're going to speak maybe some from our experience, you know, things that we've done wrong, maybe things that we've learned from. Um, and also from experience of just, you know, having talked with lots of couples and uh, counseled lots of couples and, and situations. So, uh, so we're going to talk about building a Christ-honoring marriage. And Krista will kind of chime in and we'll chime in together. So, um, so we're going to do this together. You think we can handle this? Do you think they can handle this? Yeah. All right, you need your microphone, I think. Well, I'm going I'm to do something while you... Oh, okay. While I talk? Well, it's yeah. not normal. Uh, it's not abnormal doing something <laughs> while I talk. She's going to tune me out while I talk, huh? <clears throat> Just kidding. <laughs> That's probably more me than you. Like, what'd you say, honey? She's like, I told you to do this. You did? When did you tell me that? Like, last week, no. So, any other husbands forgetful or not hearing well? Hearing aid ran out of batteries again. All right, let's be honest. Today's a day to be honest, right? Building a Christ-honoring relationship, okay? So um, the focus here is marriage, but it can be applied to relationships. So as we we were kind of coming up with these thoughts, the idea was for how do we build better marriages, but if you're not married, this can apply to you. So take some of this in how, what God wants to speak to you through it. Paul says this, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5. I'm going to read a few scriptures. You can jot them down. You can read them later. Um, Some we might read through them all. Some we might just hit a few of the verses. Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33, okay? Here's a very famous passage that some people like to take one part of it and say, Wives, submit to your husband. See, see, woman, submit to me. And, And there's a whole lot going on here. So Paul says this, and further... He begins by saying, submit to one another, say one another, another. out of reverence for Christ. Paul begins his teaching on relationships, on marriages by saying, you know what, husbands, wives, everyone, submit to one another. It's not just one submits to the other and one's the doormat and one's this. We're all to be a mutual submission to one another in marriage. For wives, he says, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So relating to our relationship with the Lord. So as we submit to God, as we surrender to God, as we, as we listen to what God has, we, we submit to our husbands in, in, uh, as we submit to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. Men are like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm the head of this household. We'll keep reading, all right? We'll learn what that means, all right? He is the Savior of his body, the church. And as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything, okay? But Paul doesn't stop there and say, at the end, all right, go home. He continues, and he takes it even deeper and stronger for the husbands. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. How much did Christ love his church? What was he willing to do? Die. All right? So husbands, before you say, yeah, that's right. That's right, wife. You submit to me. I'm the, I'm the head of this house. 
Jesus is telling us we need to love our wives. We need to be willing to have a sacrificial love for our, for our wives. Jesus loved us to the point of his death and his resurrection. So uh, just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies, okay? We take care of our bodies, all right? I, I rarely miss a meal. How many rarely miss a meal? We take it, we make sure oh, we man. have three square meal. meals with snacks in between. I think I talked about food last yes. week, didn't I? Well, I won't talk <laughs> about food. But we care for our bodies, men, all right? In the same way we care for our wives, all right? And she'll have an example of that later on um, this morning. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So in that, in that scripture, there's a lot of scriptures and verses that talk to men and just a few that talk to ladies. So, you know, but this is an important thing. We're mutually submissive. We're loving one another. We're showing respect. And so we're gonna kind of rehearse some of these themes and topics this morning. Before we do, let's just bow and ask Jesus to help us as we, as we hear his word, as we, uh, as we teach his word today. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth, it's life, it's a foundation. Help us to hear your word, help us to understand it, and most importantly, help us to obey your word. Help us to put it into practice, to walk it out in our marriages, in our relationships, in our, even our future relationships, our future marriages. Maybe for a teenager today that's hearing this, it's, it's something they're gonna put inside their heart and their mind for the future. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd help each of us to put these principles into practice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, my last thing I'm gonna say before Krista takes off is uh, write down this formula, all right? We all like formulas, but here's, here's a little, or you could say an equation. How many math people out there? This is an equation, all right? Building a Christ-honoring relationship equals... Okay, this is the end result as a Christ-honoring relationship. But what, what are the components? Three components we're gonna look at this morning. The first is foundation. We need a foundation. We need our life with Christ, a foundation with Christ. That's a, the base part of our, our relationship, our marriage. What is the foundation of that marriage? What is the foundation of that relationship? Number two, formation, okay? Every building has a foundation, but then there's formation. There's a form to it, and that we're, we're calling death to self, okay? If you want to have a healthy marriage, you need to die to yourself, and that not just one person. That's both of us, and then out of that, the last aspect of that, there's a foundation, there's formation, and then there's the beautiful part, there's the color, the paints, the, the roof, the, and we're calling that fruition, 
all right? The, the fruit, the, the what happens if you have the right foundation, you're forming it right, it's the fruition, it's the love, and it's the respect, all right? So we're gonna go through those areas and I'm gonna turn it over to my lovely wife Hey, right now. so whenever we um, did our marriage vows, so the, the pastor actually had me repeat these things. Oh, yes. And um, he I said... I think we practiced them, too. We even practiced. And he said, he said, okay, repeat after me. You know, go wedding. And um, I was really just very nervous. I should have brought the video I don't in. even know. I know. That would have been funny. But um, so we were talking to each other, and I was trying not to look at him. You know how you're a bride and you don't want to cry, right? Okay, so I'm like, oh, try not to cry, try to be a big girl. And he says, he told me to repeat it, I will submit to you as, as your wife. And I said, I will submit to you as your husband. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, but my wife, wait. By your wife. And, you know, so it just made it like, oh, of course, the one thing that I stumble over is submission and submitting to my husband. So, but we... And we've been working on it ever. I'm just kidding. She's <laughs> and yes, you know, and it, and it is a struggle. I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a strong gal, okay? I've got a strong personality. And I know God has made me for something is something more. So, but that doesn't diminish my role as a wife. You know, sometimes we like to think, oh, well, obviously she, um, you know, in speaking about me, obviously she um, rules that roost. Absolutely not. I do not in any way. Um, just because I have a strong personality does not mean I don't have to and not, I don't willingly submit to my husband. So with that said, let's head on over to my Lincoln Log foundation over here, okay? Now, um, we could have brought in a lot of things, but I, I like the idea of the Lincoln Logs because as you can see, Lincoln Logs have either a circular formation, you know, where they look like this, but when you put, when you try to build upon it, it, it like moves, okay? So that foundation is not going to be sturdy. So whenever you're built with Lincoln Logs, you got to have a flat on the bottom. Oh, buddy. That flat foundation, that firm foundation is what's going to keep this from knocking over. Now, if this was a circular bottom that I've had, I would have been able to roll that right over, okay? But because I built my first, first blocks, they were flat, firm foundation. And so that's what we're going to talk about first, first, that firm foundation, that supporting structure. You know what? Life with Christ is that supporting structure of my marriage, of our marriage. You know, we first knew Jesus and then we came into a relationship with him first. And then we found one another that wonderful day at the University of Valley Forge and had some and had some dates over the course of five years we dated until before we got married and um, you know but we cannot truly understand that kind of surrender that Jesus did for uh, um, us uh, whenever whenever we don't have a relationship with him so it's hard to have a Christ-centered marriage of course without Christ so let's let's think of it today as building our firm foundation upon on Jesus and our relationship with him because without that flat 
Lincoln log, my foundation is going to be all over the place. But I want to read to you from, in terms of foundations, from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation this morning because I love how it's just very conversational and it's easy to understand. But this is Jesus talking and he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Okay, so right here, I have got a firm foundation for my Lincoln Log construction. There is a flat on the bottom, and it is not going anywhere, okay? Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood riders rise, and the wind beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built upon bedrock. But... So conversely, this is the other side of the spectrum. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like the person who builds a house upon the sand. When the rains come and the, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And Jesus often referred to himself in the scriptures as the rock. So when we talk about building a foundation, we talk about building our foundation upon the rock of Jesus Christ. But you know what? In reading this scripture, and this just came to me, so I'm thanking the Holy Spirit for this today. But you know what? Anyone who listens to my teaching, though the rains come in towards and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. And then scooting down to 27, when the rains come and the winds beat against that house. Do you notice that the word wasn't if? Mm. It is, there is absolutely no one in this world that has a perfect life, that has a perfect marriage. And it is not an if things come your way. It is not an if you will have struggles. It is a when you have struggles. So when your foundation for your relationship is built upon Jesus, when those things come, it will not fall. So Jesus, of course, is our true example, our most ultimate example of how to truly love one another. And you know what? He is our source because he first loved us. I want to read again from 1 John Again, in the New Living Translation, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. And it says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not know God or does not love does not know God, for God is love. And God showed just how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we may have eternal life through him. And this is real love. You know, not the fake artificial stuff we see on TV, not the fake stuff we see on social media. That is fake. The real love, not that we love God, but he's loved us so much that he set his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And dear friends, since God has loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Absolutely. We love each other because he first Mm -hmm. loved us. That might not sound very romantic to you, okay? You know, talking about Jesus and because he loved us, we love each other. That might not sound all like fluffy and wonderful, but you know what? It's real life. 
okay? When the things come, when situations arise, when jobs change, when, when um, you feel like there's a cultural shift occurring, when kids do crazy things, when our parents have issues, when those things come, when financial hardships come, when everything in the house seems like it's breaking at the same time, we have our foundation built upon him. It's a great question to even think about, like, our culture. Maybe you have a friend that's an atheist, you know. Well, help them walk out some of their, their conclusions of their thinking. Okay, you don't believe in God. Maybe you believe in an evolutionary-type theory. And what's evolution? What's the, the how do you survive? It's the survival of the fittest. Well, that evolution or an atheistic uh, philosophy, how does that teach you about marriage? You know, where do you learn how to love your spouse? Where do you learn how to love your kids? Well, we learn it from God's word. Why do people love? They learn from, from the source of what love is. God is love. Jesus loved us, so we love, love those around us. So, um, so when, I, when I do premarital counseling with couples, when they ask me, hey, would you marry us? And I, I always uh, try to... Re- uh, require at least recommend that we do premarital counseling and uh, because here's a tendency in our culture we want to focus on the wedding day right we want to put so much effort and time and money into uh maybe six eight hour period and then then sometimes we forget about preparing for a lifetime of marriage so when couples come to me and say, hey, how about instead of, you know, yeah, we'll plan your ceremony, we'll make it special and nice, but we're going to spend time on, okay, what does it look like after the wedding day? You know, when, when you're back from your honeymoon and those bills start to come in and the stress of work and this happens, okay, let's, let's prepare for week two after you're married. And, and what, are those, what are those principles? What are those foundations? So we look at the spiritual. Okay, what's your spiritual compatibility? You know, do you both love Jesus? You know, and, uh, you know, so we talk through, sometimes that's a red flag. If one person is really committed to the Lord and one person's like, well, I believe there's a God, but, you know, I'm not sure. And, and that could be a red flag. You know, maybe you're in a relationship, maybe you're married and you're like, well, we have some incompatibility that, incompatibility in that area. Well, pray for that person. You know, maybe you say, well, my wife doesn't believe the way I believe or my husband's not as strong as, as a Christian as I like him to be. Well, pray for them, you know? And God's put you together, you know? Don't say, well, we're just gonna get, get divorced because we don't believe the same. No, pray for them. And uh, I love Bev's testimony. If she was here, she'd, she'd tell it. But 30, I mean, it was like over 30 years she prayed for her husband. He was an unbeliever and she was a Christian and, and he kind of just gave her a hard time for years. And she prayed and she prayed and she's like, you know, she's like, there was plenty of times I just wanted to give up and stop praying for him because it just wasn't going to happen, you know? And she's like, I'd come to church and pray for my husband, pray to get saved. And wouldn't you know it, one Sunday morning he said, I want to go to church with you. And he came to church and he came to the altar and he got saved. And so pray, pray for your spouse, pray for someone in your relationship. If you're in a relationship and you're not married yet and you see there's a 
uh, huge spiritual incompatibility, you need to resolve that or you need to move on, all right? So there's, there's plenty other fish in the sea, but uh, don't, don't say, well, I'm gonna win them over for Jesus and we're gonna just get married. And well, uh, I've seen some of the effects of, of marriages like that. And it, it can be a really uh, nightmare if, if you're not careful that way. Marriage is a spiritual union, okay? It's a spiritual union. God's putting two people together. And so two become one flesh. So God's in this. So you need to have a spiritual foundation in, in your marriage. Okay. Number two, formation. So we talk about the foundation and now let's talk about where the rubber, I'd say where the rubber meets the road. This is maybe the part of marriage that is work. All right. People want to say, well, well, marriage is just lovely and beautiful and, and it's, you know, it doesn't require any work and they're, they're just lying to you. You know, marriage is wonderful and beautiful, but marriage takes work. All right. A good, healthy marriage takes intentionality. It takes that God's doing something in you. He's forming something in each of us. So we want to talk about this formation part of it. And many people don't even talk about this in relationships. Um, and I, I just say it's the death to self part of a relationship. It's that part of marriage, you know, and dating, it's not as big of an issue because you're trying to win them over, right? You're buying them flowers. You're writing them notes. You're oh, wait, can I tell them. them about the flowers? Oh, go ahead. That's, okay, so our Valentine's. very first yeah. Valentine's Day, Josh was so sweet, okay? So he and we were in college. So um, so our very, uh, not very first Valentine's Day, our very first date was on Valentine's Day in 1999, you know? So which was a lot of fun and whatever. And we... And honestly, like, you know, he thought for sure that we were a sure thing after that first date. And I was like, mm, no, you know, whatever. Yeah, she, I, was, I was like a wake-up call. Saying, I'm not sure. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I made him do more. <laughs> so anyways, so, but, um, so we eventually started, like, you know, dating and having, a, you know, further conversation. But that next year, in 2000, he surprised me with, with roses. And what he was doing was throughout the day, he was giving me a, a rose and um the first one was really nice I was like oh this is really sweet and then the next one was like huh that looks a little wilted I'm not sure what happened and like you know the puddles weren't open or anything and and he kept on giving to me and like looking a little embarrassed but by five o'clock I had a rosebud was like the last one he gave me <laughs> like, like, oh, I don't know like... what happened to these flowers but they died <laughs> I was like oh, okay so as the as the day broke 12 progressive flowers of death is really what he kept it on was, giving me it was it was a 12 <laughs> it was really roses kinda, of death it was really kind of Dun, it was dun, very dun. sweet though, but by the end it was just it fell off the stem. It was just dead. So he gave me a rosebud. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. And you know, do you know why? I think if I'm remembering, you know, that was that, was, that yeah. was a long time ago. I didn't put them in water. He All forgot right? water. I bought them and I just stuck. He them put them in, in his fridge. I put them in my little college fridge at school, and yeah. I throughout the day I'd grab them. I was like, why are they like 
So I was like, here, honey. I tried to hold him up, like, here. And then she'd. So, Gee, okay. thanks. Happy Valentine's Yeah, but anyway, so that's the so, flower. Anyways, that was the funny flower story. Yeah. So the death to self, the formations. God's doing something in us. Salvation is a, is a part of that where we die to ourselves, you know, crucify our flesh. We crucify the old way of living. And we have a life in Christ, all right? And then we get married, and then we see the practical parts of that, okay? What does it mean to love someone more than you love yourself? What does it mean to love someone as you love yourself? And so, like I said, with dating, it's a little different. You know, you're just trying to impress them, and, oh, what can I do to woo them and to win them over? And then maybe year one into marriage or maybe year two, it's like, wow, why do they leave this around? And why do they, why do, they do this? And why is this? And I'm not going to give examples, but, you know, things that, you know, I've moved on from, you know. And, uh, but we all have those things. And it's, it, but it's God's changing our hearts, hopefully. And so he puts two, all of us have a selfish streak in us. So God's putting two selfish people together and he's forming us become one, okay? So the out the outgrow of that is what where some of those tensions are. But as we work through those, that's where God does a beautiful thing and he strengthens yeah. us. And our kids see that, man, we might disagree, but then we make up and we, you know, they see, they learn from that. And so uh, Paul says it this way in Ephesians 5 in that same scripture, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, okay? So it's, as we surrender to Christ, we surrender, we submit to one another. And so God joins us together. There's a mutual submission. There's sacrificial love. And for me, this has probably been probably the, the part that I've had to struggle with or to grow the most in marriage. And early on, I had my expectations and my, you know, I knew what was going to happen. And, you know, it just wasn't quite like that, you know, and I had to, I had to grow. I had to learn. I had to become less selfish, you know, and uh, so I think we've worked, we've worked through some of that, you know, and uh, there were some, definitely some struggles early on and God's formed us. And just like as, as we're following Christ, we're a work in progress. All right. You get married on a, your anniversary, you begin a work in progress as a couple. It's not like you're the perfect couple then and then all of a sudden you, no, you're, you're working out. You're, you're asking the Lord to help you to develop as a husband, as a wife. So always be growing as, as a couple. Always be growing in what God's doing in you and through you. And so. Well, one of the other things that in terms of the dying to self, you know, a lot of us come to relationships with baggage. You know, we come with um, either expectations or maybe you have had a previous marriage or maybe you have grown up in a household where there was a lot of not good examples of that. You know, so sometimes we can use those excuses to not have a great marriage and to be the selfish person because you know I didn't I didn't have a great too many great examples of of good marriages growing up in fact I saw a lot of selfishness and and unfortunately they weren't working together and and it it was very like I remember being a teenager thinking I don't want to get married like I I don't want this I don't want to have this in my life I think it's 
It just seems like a lot of drama. And I'm not a big drama kind of girl, you know? But, you know, when it comes to, like, our, our, our childhoods, remembering back and So sometimes we could just take those things and, and put it upon ourselves and use it as an excuse for bad behavior. But whenever we build our foundation upon Jesus and we ask him for help, he, remo- he can remove all of that stuff. If we just ask him to, he can remove those excuses. You know, sometimes we want to use our excuse of our childhood, either our parents marriages, or maybe we don't have the time to put into it, or finances are super tight. All of these things, this it takes sacrifice to, and to, to make the energy that it takes to work through these areas so that they don't have to tear down that relationship that you're trying to build up. Mm-hmm. And with that comes along the third thing that we're talking about is fru- the fruition, the love and the respect. And you know what? This is that f- that that time when it is complete. That roof is on the house. There is bushes growing all around. There is beautiful foliage. There is like you said paint and there's pictures on the wall. It's a beautiful home okay it's a beautiful place but you know what that love and respect are is that fruit of that christ honoring relationship and that's that's what it produces Mm -hmm. and you know what apostle paul writes in ephesians 5 and he says this as the scripture says a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one this is that great mystery but it is an illustration of the way christ and the church are one so I say again, oh, he, do, he wants to make sure it's not just a one-time thing. He has to say it again, that his, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, I will give you a couple of examples of what this looks like, you know? Prefer one another over yourself. Yeah, I'm going to look to Josh and think of the things that he likes And maybe he wants to do over what I want to do all the time, okay? And you know what? And I know that he prefers me because how many of y'all know this guy likes ice cream? Okay, he really likes ice cream. But you know what? When he Pork when it comes <laughs> when it comes to the bottom Pork of candy. the barrel, I know you or, like it all, honey. And um, but when it comes to the bottom of that barrel or the bucket, and there's only a little bit left, he always gives me the bigger piece. He always gives me the most, and. And I know he really likes ice cream, but what he's doing there, and it might sound really simple to you or really like silly to think of that kind of thing as preferring one another, but it's in those little details that one can feel really loved. So husbands, take, take note of something like that. Take note of preferring your wife over yourself as Christ preferred preferred the us over over his over what he had to go through he preferred the church he preferred us over himself and over his wants and his needs or even those times when i didn't do that and i felt like the conviction like oh i should have saved that for her you know and so <clears throat> i think god yeah he does, he, yeah. He yeah. does do that, and and you know, it's one of the. I would I would really encourage you, even if you're not married now, start preferring one another over over yourself. It'll it's a great it's a great exercise, and even if you're not looking even to marriage, if you're just if you're single and you're loving it, that is completely fine. But even in your relationships with other people, prefer those others over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we like to, to talk about a lot, Josh and I do, is communication. Do it well 
and do it often, okay? Yes, even about those super small things like, you know, family finances, your, your hopes, your failures, your dreams, your successes, future aspirations, even what you're having for dinner. Text each other, talk to each other about those kind of, I mean, the communication is really, really very key. And, and I said it actually this past week in our small group, I told them about us. And our communication. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because, you know, we, uh, we're we atypical um, where because God has anointed him to be a wonderful pastor. And because he's a great pastor and a great shepherd, he's also a great listener, um, which is atypical from a lot of men. Okay. But so I'd, I'd say I, I've grown in that because at yes. first I like to <clears throat> offer solutions, right? You know, but I had to tell him not to. I'd be like, well, just do this and do that. Well, did you try this? Like, just listen, you know. Stop trying to fix me. Just tell me. <laughs> I'm just telling so, you. Sometimes you know, the pastor did come out like, yes. well, uh, have you well. sought the Lord about that situation? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, but you know, so he, he is a good listener. So that's, that's great. I tend to, and even in communication, um, especially if it's a feisty kind of communication, uh, are you catching my drift? A feisty kind, like, you know, one in which we're a little bit uh, testy. And disagreement. You know, yeah. A disagreement. Yeah, That's a great way to put that, yes. Okay. Um, I tend to be the one to be like, leave me alone. I'm going to go over here and just deal with it. And um, I'm going to stew over it and just don't talk to me. Okay. But I will say these words. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. And how many of you guys know that fine does not mean fine, generally? And um, Interpretation, I yes. am not fine. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm fine. And he's usually like the one coming up. Come on. Come on. Let's talk about this. Krista, let's talk. Come on. We have to talk about this. I'm like, leave me alone you know like we just kind of get into that and honestly and we're just being real because this is this is real life okay so so maybe you look at us and you think oh man they have nothing to worry about no no absolutely not mm-hmm. he's married to me so he's got a rough life okay <laughs> Pray for him. so i mean quite frankly it, it's i mean what you say and how you say it, your tone, your body language, they speak volumes. Mm. So if you're sitting here going, hmm, yeah, I don't really care what you're saying, you know, like, oh, but I'm listening. No, your body language is saying a whole different kind of story, okay? Your tone and your body language are super duper important. But here are some things that I would like to leave with you. If I could leave you marriage tips today, this is what I would say. Are you ready to hear these very educated remarks? Okay. First of all, purpose to pray together often and talk about the Lord. You know, sometimes we just pray together like, okay, yeah, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, yes, Lord, amen. And then we don't talk about scripture or talk about scripture or talk about what the Lord is doing in our own private times with him. Oh man, that, I think that those are by far our best conversations. If you don't have anything to talk with your spouse about or with other people about, talk about the Lord and maybe what you're learning. Oh my goodness, it is, I mean, we've had like hour long conversations about just what Jesus is doing in our own hearts. And I, I love that. I think that's one of, those are my favorite conversations. And you know what? Number two, dream together. 
dream of growing old together. If you have those dreams in your mind, you won't be tempted with divorce. You won't be tempted with other things. Dream of growing old together. Now, when Josh was, um, when he was 25 and, and had cancer, uh, those, we had, we had purpose to, at that time to start dreaming at that time to grow old together. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to grow old together, but we, we really purposed then to dream to grow old together because without that, um, uh, your mind can wander, your heart can wander. The dream of growing old together. And then don't be afraid, number three, to ask for help. Mm. Too often, we can, we, people come to us and, you know, and we are happy to take marriage counseling. We love it. It's probably one of our greatest joys, but it's also one of our greatest struggles because most of the time people come to us way too late. They come to us when they're in crisis mode. I'm ready to leave her. I'm ready to call it quits. I'm ready to leave him. He stinks. He leaves his underwear on the floor or he's looking at someone else or whatever else is happening. Too often we get notified too late that there are issues. If you need counsel or help or, or just a friend, don't be afraid to, to reach out because you know what? We don't have the perfect marriage. I think we display that often. Um, you know, which is, uh, we just all have our issues, Mm -hmm. but we are also here to pray with you and to love you through situations and, uh, you know, never, never think that you're too good to ask for help because none of us are too good to ask for help. We've had marriage counseling together, Mm -hmm. even just in our time here at this specific church. And we're just putting that out there. We have had counseling. So don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to step out and admit that you need help. So I, I just would love to leave that with you today. And you know what? If you feel like you need some, some extra um, encouragement in that area, please feel free to, to let us know. We have resources and want to make those available to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's part of that selfishness too, like, well, our pride, you know, I don't want to let people know. Or what are they going to think if they know we struggle? We have this problem, but, you know. That's where you just had to suck it up, buttercup, right? Is that what we tell our kids? Suck it up, buttercup. Just uh, make the phone call. Talk to someone. And oftentimes, sometimes, like she said, it it happens at the very last stage. It's like it's sometimes almost too late. You know, they've already made the decision. Well, we're just going to go see pastor because we already know what we want to do. But just to tell me, we tried, you know. Well, uh, you tried a little too, too little, too late. So, all right, in the area of love and respect, just a few practical things. And uh, I wanted to bring some, this is some actually review of things that we talked about this summer on Wednesday nights. We did our five love languages. So here's a great way to, to, uh, to apply uh, love and respect with your spouse or in a relationship. And the question is, what is your spouse's love language? And there's a great book Gary Chapman wrote years ago. Uh, it's sold over, I think, 11 million copies or something crazy like that. But there's five love languages he he kind of addresses that we all we each of us have. Some are more dominant than others, and so I'm gonna read them off to you. You can go on his website, five the number five uh, lovelanguages.com, and they have a profile or assessment that you can take to figure out what your love language is and what your your spouse can take and figure out what theirs are. But there's five words of affirmation. Okay, using words to affirm your spouse. 
honey, you look beautiful. Honey, I love you. You know, those kind of words of affirmation. Maybe some of you have never heard that. You know, you hear like, oh, what's for dinner? You know, but you never hear, hey, honey, how was your day today? Or, uh, you know, you look, that dress looks really pretty on you or something like that. Um, Thanks for taking the garbage out. Thanks for emptying the dishwasher. Those kind of words of affirmation. Uh, number two is receiving gifts. Some people have the love language. They like to get things. They like cards. They like flowers. They like candy, you know, um, gift givers. So uh, oftentimes you'll know those people. They like to give gifts. You know, if you, if you know someone that gives lots of gifts, that's probably their love language. They probably like to receive gifts. Uh, number three, acts of service. Doing something for your spouse that you know they would like. Okay, so for me, I know this is one of Chris's high love languages. You know, so for me, if I do the laundry, which none of us like to do the laundry, you know, she doesn't like it, I don't like it, you know. Um, Emptying the dishwasher, you know, those kind of things. Uh, uh, You know, if I were to vacuum, that rarely happens, but if I were to get the vacuum out and do that without her asking or something, that would would be something she would think like, who took my husband, you know? So the acts of service, I'd say that's probably your, one of your primary love languages. Quality time, okay? Number four is quality time, giving your spouse your undivided attention. All right, we live in cell phone land, so put your phones away and talk, all right? It's, I know it's so easy to talk like this. How was your day, honey? Good. I, yeah, it was great. And, the, and they're talking. You, all you're doing is just scrolling through your phone. Put the phone away. At least put it down and talk and listen. All right? Quality time. And the last one, number five, is physical touch. Hugs, kisses, holding hands, embracing. Okay? Again, this is married couples. So if you're dating or thinking about dating, teenagers, stay away from this. All right? Physical touch. You just, you just leave that alone. All right? Can, parents, amen, huh? Can we get it? Can I get a witness up in here? So, um, um, but uh, you know, putting your arm around your spouse, you know, just just embracing them, you know, uh, just kind of giving them a hug, you know. Some people, again, are used to that; they grew up with that. You know, our family was huggers and kissers. All right, Chris's family is not. The so she come she, at me with your lips. She comes like, to like Thanksgiving for the first time and everyone's like, hey, they, the first time meeting her, hey, you know, kissing and hugging. I'm like, that was just, yeah, that's how I grew that was up. shocking. You know? She's like, <laughs> So uh, physical touch. So think, think about learning our love languages of our spouse, of those that were, were even thinking about marrying, those kind of things. Those are some, a few practical things. Again, go to that website. You can find out more about that. Uh, here's another question. Are you speaking to your spouse with respect or are you speaking to your spouse with an attitude? I know it's easy to develop kind of that attitude. Well, they know that I love them and I, I just this is just the way I talk or this is just how I am. Well, you can change. <laughs> God can change yeah. you. You know, maybe that's what you learn. Maybe that's how you are. Maybe that's naturally and how you operate, but God can change you, yes. you know? So maybe if you struggle with an attitude, talking to your spouse with a, you know, a real short cut, you know, it's usually sometimes the guy is doing that for the females, but I know ladies, sometimes you can, you can, you can do that too. So, but just, you see how he's looking at me? You're a lady. So I'm just identifying with the female gender there. So, but it is but, true because uh, we grew up a little bit differently yeah. where my house was a lot more loud. 
I know, I know that's like shocking. Um, but I grew up in a very loud house in which, you know, the phrase was often said, I'm not yelling, I'm talking loud. Like, what? No, you're yelling. Stop yelling at me, you know? And um, it was something that I had to work on even um, with our relationship. And set. And I'm not I'm not an angry person, but mm. I definitely can. I'm a loud, I'm a loud child. <laughs> so, Yes. So just think about some of those questions. Again, you know, I hope this is helpful for you, us just sharing our own experience. And again, we're not anywhere to be the perfect couple or perfect marriage, but it takes work, you know, and with God's help that he can help you. No matter what stage you're at today, maybe you're you're married and you're really struggling. Well, just pray, God, would you help us get better? Help, help us be healthier. Maybe in a year from now, your marriage will look completely different than it does today. You know, maybe you're thinking of marrying someone and, you know, and you're, you're just, you're wrestling through some of these questions already and God's going to help you make that decision. Is this the person? Is this, you know, can God help us to come together and work through our differences? And, and God can do that for, for each and every one of us. Yeah. Maybe it's a teenager here thinking about, well, maybe they're not even thinking about it. Oh, they're teens. They're thinking about it. All right. <laughs> And uh, one day, you know, I'm going to marry so-and-so, and and they're going to make my life complete. Well, you know, that's not reality. You know, you're going to marry someone, you're going to love them, they're going to love you, but they don't don't make your life. Jesus makes your life. And so if you worship your spouse, that's the wrong thing, you know, some people's... Uh, do that. So, uh, you know, teens, we, we pray that God would bring that right person for you, you know, that right man or woman that uh, God is already developing. Yes. God is already, you know, preparing their hearts for you. And that's, that's just a, a beautiful thing. So would you buy your, your heads and your hearts as we, as we close this morning? And uh, you're going to One of the things, too, I'd love for you to do this morning, if you have a a person that you're here with today that is that you're in a relationship with, you you know, maybe it's even your your children or whatever. Would you just take some time and pray with them right now? Just take that time to just pray over them and pray with them. You know, Jesus needs to be the center of our relationships. And I'm going to sing this song. And you know what? Because we all go through things. We all have issues. We all have expectations. But you know what? Jesus is still there. Jesus is still the center. Would you just allow this to seep into your hearts today? And would you allow the Lord to be the foundation of your relationship? Thank you, Jesus.
for each person today, whether single, married, teenagers, young adults. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each person. Help us, Lord, build and develop Christ, honoring marriages and relationships built on the foundation of you, Jesus, that you'd be the center of everything that we do, the center of our marriages, the center of our our relationships, the center of our life, that, Lord, we would daily die to ourselves, knowing, Lord, that we serve you, we love others. And, Lord, out of that, there will be a beautiful fruit of love, and respect. Jesus, you say that they will know that we are your disciples by the way that we love one another. So Jesus, help us to love one another in an authentic, genuine way that draws lost people to you. We thank you today. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Empower us, mold us, and shape us into the image of Christ.